Good morning and welcome to Stanley Park Community Church. It is great to have you here. Uh, we'd love for you to say hi. We'd love for you to uh, check in with one another, just have side chats, full chats, whatever kind of deal. We, we love seeing each other interact, so please take a part in that. I am Brad. I am the lead pastor here at Stanley Park Community Church, and this is John. John is part of our community. You've probably seen him before if you've been around for a while. He's pitching in in any way possible. He's such a, a great servant hired that way. Today he is joining me for the message. John, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, I have been a teacher for, uh, for a number of years. Um, I grew up, I went off uh, in a military home, traveled around. Uh, then when I got, uh, came to know Jesus, I went off to seminary for a year to learn about the Bible mm -hmm. and ended up getting a bachelor's degree in theology. Good man. So, <laughs> yeah. And then um, ended up eventually uh, going back to my first love, which was teaching. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'm glad to be able to use whatever talents God may have given me. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm here today. And I love having him here. And I, I hope you guys do as well. So I'm going to pray over our time together. And then we're going we're gonna to jump into the text. Uh, Lord, we, we invite you into this space. Lord, we, we ask that you use John and I to to share your message with our church community, our, our people who are listening today, ours that check in on Spotify later, uh, wherever we are, Lord, whatever we're doing, we ask that you meet us. Lord, guide us in unity. Guide us in connection to you. Allow us to understand uh, simply what, what your heart is for us as a church, as individuals, as, as followers of you, and help us find ways to tangibly apply that to our lives to glorify you, Lord, to live out your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. So, Lord, guide us today and allow us to know your ways. I pray this in your son's name. So today's big idea is we in Christ are united. Uh, we're going to look at Galatians 3. Uh, John, would you read that for us? Okay. Galatians 3, 26 to 29. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have closed yourselves with Christ. Mm -hmm. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. If you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen. Thank you, John. So the, the first thing we kind of want to look at is, what if unity is a fact? So let's think about how much of our life is actually oriented around facts. Um, cars, we, we know cars exist. We know that they take us places. We know gravity exists, and we know that gravity holds us to the earth. And we know bills exist, and they need to get paid. Right? We, we spend a lot of our time orienting around these structures. Like if, if I want to go somewhere, I know that there's a thing called a car that I can get into and go there. I, I know that uh, gravity exists, and this is, this is a bit of a uh, spiral I had earlier this week when I got thinking, I don't know if it's existential thinking, but it's interesting thinking, we'll call it that. Uh, what would a day look like in your life and my life if there was no gravity, just for that day? Like, have you, have you ever thought about that? Probably not. Uh, I'd encourage you to think about it just for the fun of it. Like, what would a day look like? Things would be floating around, you'd be floating around, and I, I realized the one thing I know, if that was a a fact for a day is I would not go outside unless I had a very clear plan of how I'm going to like tether myself to something because for that day I can, I can drift pretty far into, <laughs> into space if I didn't have a good plan. So we, we bank around 
facts, uh, bills, once again, like our, our work week, right, is a, a thing mostly because we want to pay the bills to allow us to do the other things that we want to do. So we, we have these facts in our lives that, that shape what we do. It shapes our actions. And today we want to think about what if unity isn't something that we are working towards in Christ, but actually something that we are orienting to, right? It's not something that we are, are trying to create. We're not trying to create unity. We are actually trying to embrace the fact that we are united in Christ. Uh, does, does that change your mind? Does that shape your actions differently if you think it's something that we are embracing and living into? Mm-hmm. Or does it um, help us understand what life could be like knowing that this is a fact, like cars take us places, gravity holds us down, bills need to get paid? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to jump in on a, a thought on okay. that? So the, the question is, what, what does it mean to be part of a unity? What mm-hmm. does unity mean? And unity is a group of people or individuals who are together for a purpose. They have a given focus, a given purpose, something that they want to achieve together, whatever that purpose may be. And so they are together, they work together, they share, they communicate, and they support and encourage one another. Um, an example of unity can be found in, in God himself, mm-hmm. our triune God who's made up of the three parts, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they are together. Uh, back in, in Genesis, God is, the Father is speaking and things are happening and the Spirit is hovering above the darkness. And so we see those two are there. If we take it through to John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and we know that the Word is Jesus. So the three of them were together at the creation of this world, this universe. And so they were unified in it, and they had their roles to play. They knew what was going to happen. Um, they knew that Jesus was going to be the one who was going to become human and walk on the earth. They all have different roles. They all have different parts to play. The, the Spirit was there at the start, but he kind of sits aside. He does some work, but he, his real work starts when Jesus ascends and he starts to take over uh, in, in dwelling people, mm-hmm. leading people, and that's where the Spirit kind of steps in. So they defer to one another. And the idea is a cooperative effort to obtain a goal. And their goal was to create a universe, a planet, uh, a race of people who could worship God and mm-hmm. honor God and serve him and become members of his family with mm-hmm. Jesus. And so that's kind of the unity that is found in God. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm sure you have come across disunity or division in maybe your life. Like our, our lives, we, we have so many different categories. In, in Paul's time, he's He's writing to this church in Galatia, and there's some clear lines that are, are challenging. Like, there's, there's slaves, and there's free people, and somehow in the church, these two are, are, are together, and that's complicated in their context. Or there's, there's women and men. How can women and men ever be in the same space? Here they are. And then there's also Jews and, Greek, or, uh, Jews and uh, Gentiles who are now in a church body mingling. This wasn't the way that the culture was. This wasn't the way that 
life was oriented. And, and I don't know if life has gotten much simpler since then. Um, there's been added to that. Like you might think of how can a, a vaxxer and an anti-vaxxer go to the same church? How can they be in the, the same body of Christ or uh, conservative and liberals? Is, is there shared space between a conservative and a liberal? Or boomers and gen whatever other gens out there? Like how, how, can, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. how can this be possible? Don't we just all need our own little enclaves, our own little sections? Um, or even like COVID compliant versus uh, COVID rebellion. I don't know what the other category is, but the, there's so many fault lines. Um, you know what, let's, let's get a little risky here. Feel free to share some in the chat bar. What are some other dividing things that seem to be active in the church, active in your family, active in, in your life? Uh, we're not going to obviously camp out here and just say, let's, let's, let's rip everything apart, because uh, that's not what we're trying to do. What we're looking at is like these, these things in our lives try to tear us apart, try to separate us, segregate us, uh, put us in different places. But what if unity isn't something that we have to try to slap this all together, but is that the underlying thing is, while I am younger than John here, we are united in Christ. Mm-hmm. While I may have a different sense of what political camp I sit in, we are united in Christ. While we may have different approaches to vaccination, or other things, there's our unitedness is in Christ. Now, as we, as we think about unity, it, it is that connection that we're tethered to. Uh, there's a, a, a game when we were younger, um, the three-legged races, did you have that? Yeah, I, I think most generations, other than this current year's generation, <laughs> you know, it's tied like six feet apart, but uh, where your leg was tied to somebody else and you're, you're united to them. Like it, it's, it's something you have to operate from. Now, as I was thinking about what this, this context, when, when Paul writes to them about how slaves and free are, are together and how women and men are together, and then like, the most challenging with the Judaizers being a part of this mm-hmm. is that somehow the Gentiles are being brought into this promise. And if you were on last week or the week before, we talked about the promise of Abraham, and now they're being brought into this promise. And I think us being removed by so many years and so much miles and so many things. We don't really get how outlandish and wild this, this accusation of Paul's is, or accusation of even what Christ was trying to do, is it's kind of like this. Have you ever had a family Christmas where everybody's together? John, have you? Yes. Yes, they're nice. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next year, people. But it's been a while, and, and say the, the Christmas, I showed up to your family Christmas. All right, that's a little odd. Like, I wasn't invited. But I'm there. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm in your house. I'm with your family. Your, your parents are there. And I start calling your mom and dad, mom and dad. Like, it's already weird enough, like, if you're, like, married in a relationship, like, do you call your in-laws mom and dad or do you not? But, like, me as a, a, a relative stranger coming into your house, not, not part of your family, calling your mom mom and calling your dad dad. It's, it's so... Oh, a weird idea, and you'd probably feel awkward about it. Uh, it. It goes on further, like I'm sitting at the meal table with you now, and, and your mom and dad seem to be fine with this. They just love having me at the table. I don't know why, but they love having me there. And, and after dinner, like we're, we're chatting more, and, and somehow this idea of inheritance comes up, and your mom and dad, I mean, our mom and dad now, right? Like Our mom and dad now are, are willing to add me to the list of things that are being inherited. Like that, that grandfather clock gets my name on it. 
right? That it's, it's a confounding idea, but this is kind of what is being said here with the Gentiles being brought in to the promises of Abraham. They are now children at the table inheriting this blessing of God. And you feel like there's a, a challenge inside yourself as ones that have always been around, ones that have been sitting here longer at the table, ones that put up with mom and dad through the rough years, or, or they saw me through my best years, and, and who are you to be brought in to get the grandfather clock? Uh, you, you were telling me about a story about a, a foster situation. Do you want yeah. to tell us about that? Yeah, I, I knew a lady. Um, she was adopted, and she was informed at a very early age that she was adopted. Um, and she had three older brothers, and her parents also brought in foster children from time to time. Mm -hmm. Now, there was no question that her mom and dad loved her. There was no question that her brothers were big brothers to her, and they loved her. And then the foster children would come in, and what Brad was describing the Christmas actually happened. Uh, they'd have a foster child there for Christmas. Um, some things that had already been purchased for the, for the, the three sons and, 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 the, and the daughter would be um, left off the Christmas present, left out from under the Christmas tree because they didn't want the foster children to feel as if they weren't appreciated. So everybody got the same level of gift, not the same gift, but basically the same level of gift. And this was something that actually bothered this lady for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, um, but she, she finally got to ex learn to accept it and, and was able to, to kind of deal with it and move on. And so, you know, it does happen. Yeah. It, it does happen today. And now we're going to, you know, well, was it which, which one is right? And, mm -hmm. and so there's, um, there's this idea that, um, an inheritance isn't necessarily a zero-sum um, event where it, it kind of everything is, is, is split nice mm -hmm. and equally. Um, the idea here is that there are different values and different ways mm -hmm. of splitting up things in inheritance because this is, it, it, it's, it's important because in verse 29, you belong to Christ, you're Abraham's seed and heirs. That's mm -hmm. important. So... Um, Back to you for the Yeah, for the absolutely. So this zero-sum idea is that if I am to win, you have to lose. Uh, in, in the foster care situation, it, it's challenging because you, you know we have finite resources. And for me to love you well, now you, everybody that's on the internet, like how do I do that? Well, if I have $10, it means everybody gets like a 10-cent thing, right? Like it, it's equal. We, try, we, we have that challenge where like, oh, like if there was less of us, I'd get more. But that's so different than God. You see, God made all things. God has all power and all, all ability. And so he is not limited to having like four quotas of blessing. He's not limited to the single grandfather clock. He has so much that he has in his storehouses and his ability. And, and we, we can sometimes think about it as that situation where like there's 10 units of God's blessing and I need nine of them. But there's a, there's a story that Jesus shared. Uh, it's a, in Matthew 20. It's a parable that if you've been around the church for a while, you might know. It's about these vineyard workers. I'm going to paraphrase it just for the sake of time. The idea in it is that these, these workers are out waiting to 
get hired by somebody. And this, this vineyard guy comes out in the beginning of the day, and he, he hires these guys. They come in, they work hard. They do a lot of the work. And there's still more work to go on, so like, the guy goes back out and he gets a few more. And he does this throughout the day. Right? And, and it's, all of them agreed to work for him and get paid. Now, the idea comes down to, at the end of the day, those that were working for the entire length agreed to getting a denarius, to getting some money. And the, the vineyard owner comes and lines them all up, the ones that just started like 15 minutes ago, half hour ago, those ones that just showed up. And he starts paying them, and he gives them a full day's wage. And then he goes to the next group, a full day's wage. And to the next group, a full day's wage. In the next group, a full day's wage. You guys all get paid. Like, it's kind of like an Oprah moment, right? And, and then there's those that were at the very beginning and those that came maybe a little bit later, like, why do they get as much as I get? And the challenge was that they started thinking that they should have more. And, and the challenge that Jesus says is like, what, what is it to us when God wants to be generous? When God wants to give lavishly to those that don't do as much, those that, may, like, if they were hired that late in the day, they were likely the, the lowest trade, the worst skilled, and, you know, the, the most incompetent people. And God decided to give them a full day's wage. Jumping back into kind of our unity idea, our, our time together is we are part of this blessing being added into this, this blessing of God so that the, the Jewish people were given by Abraham's uh, lineage. We are brought into this, and it's the same kind of moment here where the, the Jewish people, the Judaizers, are like, well, why would they get the full blessing? Why don't they have to work as hard? Why don't they have to, like, it takes away from me. They are still inheriting the full blessing. They are still part of what God is doing. And who are they to complain about God's desire to bless so many more? And he even said, like, in the promise, his intent is to bless so many people through the seed of Abraham, who is Jesus. Now, as we think about this, there's uh, a, a game that you were telling me about. Yeah. Do you want to share about a game? We might even link okay. this, because who yeah. doesn't like to have fun? Yeah, so. okay. Um, <clears throat> we're not debating whether or not we are united in Christ. We are. Yeah. It's whether or not we perform or complete that unity, fill our parts in the thing. Um, so one of the things we get from this is that we're not alone. Mm -hmm. We have support. Um, when Julie had an infection and the only thing she could keep down was chicken soup, mm -hmm. um, we, we received chicken soup from members of the church, and you know who you are, and you don't need to be named. And Way to go, you church. You don't want to be named. Um, but we thank you very, very much. And the bread was great, too. Um, okay, so we're, you're not alone. That's one benefit. But the other thing is, you have a common goal. Mm -hmm. As a unity, you have a common goal. Our goal in the unity that is Stanley Park is to be the city on the hill, to be the light that attracts people mm -hmm. and, and, and is used by God to draw believers, draw people to him that they might mm -hmm. become followers and therefore mm -hmm. our brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. so, so there's a common goal. But you can also have your own, you can work together as a group, or you can work individually, as long as it's towards the goal. And so you work together, and each one has your own path. 
Um, so what the, the game that Brad's referring to, it's called free flow and it's a series of dots on a grid and the dots are different color and you have to connect the green dot up in the corner here with the green dot in the corner down here and so you follow a path to do it. It can go straight across, I guess. It can zigzag through the middle, whatever. But you cannot have the path for the green dots cross the path for the blue dots or the red dots or the orange dots. And it can get really complicated. They can, I've played it with up to 15 different colors. And believe me, that gets really complicated. <laughs> that gets it. hard. But I have been playing it for 1,247 days. So uh, consecutively. Uh, that's my wake up in the morning, get my brain going uh, thing. That seems to be working. So you have these dots and you have to create these paths. And you have to make sure that the paths don't cross each other and don't hinder and stop each other. So you have to be mindful and deferral. And what I found when, with the really tough puzzles is to sit down and say, well, how can I connect this dot to this dot without barring or blocking anybody else? And so you, co and you follow your path, making sure that you're not interfering or hindering somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so that's the idea of being in unity uh, you're encouraging one another, supporting one another. And the interesting thing is with these puzzles, as you get closer to the solution, it gets a lot easier mm -hmm. <laughs> because you have a lot less choices to look at. <laughs> but the idea here is that you have a common goal and the goal is to, to fill the grid in, in the game, is to mm -hmm. fill the grid. In our situation, it's to bring people to Christ, mm -hmm. to give them the opportunity to hear the gospel and to see the Holy Spirit work in their lives mm -hmm. to the point where they become followers uh, of Christ and our brothers and sisters. And we have to be mindful that we're not hindering mm -hmm. others as they're trying to do the same work. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, in, in Paul's letter, he, he's identifying that, like, the things that you may have already put in the chat, that there's things that want to separate us from one another. But he wants to help us understand for that context, but us this many years later, that our unity in Christ is something that we can bank on, something that we can work from, mm -hmm. right? The, the unity comes because Jesus made a way. We are united because we've all entered into this relationship with Jesus Christ, and that he is the one that has justified us. He is the one that is, is forming us. His spirit is guiding us. It's correcting us, as I think any one of us on the stream that's trying to follow Jesus knows God likes to correct us as well in our, in our error ways. Um, but yeah, as, as we embrace this, we, we get to live out this, this big C church thing. Mm -hmm. It's not just about us at Stanley Park. Mm -hmm. Anybody who professes Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, anyone that puts their faith in him, not just like, oh yeah, I think he existed thousands of years ago, but like, like he matters to my life, he matters to my day, and he matters to my eternity. Anybody that is willing to follow Jesus in such a way, we are united with. They may not agree on mm -hmm. all the things that we agree on, because we clearly, have, no, they, they may not agree on all the things that we are working through as well. They might be the, the, the church that is meeting right now as, as, as you're watching this, and, and you might be frustrated with, or you might be celebrating. I don't know where you are in this, but we are united in Christ. The center message is who Jesus is and what that means for me and what that means for you and how do we live out this brotherhood and sisterhood. And I, as I was looking at this, like this passage right here is where like for thousands of years people have talked about brother 
or, or sister. Like, we are in a family because Jesus opened that door to us. And it's not based on how good of a follower you are. Like, you could be an absolute, absolutely rotten follower of Jesus and still be a sibling. You can still be invited to Christmas. I think many of our Christmases, we've experienced the, the black sheep, whereas I think a lot of us in this church like to think that we're the black sheep, so like the one white sheep that shows up, um, like the outcast, the, the person that isn't the same of us. We are all brothers and sisters, and, and it doesn't matter if you come dirty or clean. It matters that you show up because you are a follower of Jesus. And, and as we look at this unity in our lives, it might be a little disarming to us where we have to let go of some of our preferences, where we have to let go of some of the things that we want to conform everybody to that isn't Jesus in his spirit. And so when that, that biker comes, maybe when we start meeting here, we start having bikers showing up. And we're like, man, this guy, I don't really like him. He's, uh, oh, he's bringing his friends too, and I don't much like them. Like, it might be the same kind of thing as when these Gentiles showed up. Or, or maybe it's a person that is like locked in addiction, right? Your, your ability to get over an addiction does not negate your ability to be a child of Jesus. It means that you have a challenge that we, we as a community can love and support you through, right? It is, it is not your ability to follow well that makes you a child. It is simply Jesus who has adopted us, brought us in, allowed us to have access to the Father. And even as I think about this more and why, I, I think it's so important that we understand it's not your ability to follow. It's not your, your ability to have a great theological understanding. I think it's valuable to push yourself in all abilities to be as righteous and justified it, or living out your justifiedness. But people with profound disabilities, they, they may not be able to even vocalize that they are following Jesus. They may not be able to even like, cognitively. It's not your ability to follow it is you're following your, your heart, your interaction with God that makes you a child. And so we can't set these ins and out bars so high that those who can't, those that people that Jesus specifically would have hung around with, aren't in. And so as, as we look at what our unity in Christ means, we, we don't look to work towards it, we look to work from it. And because you and I are, are brothers and sisters in Christ, we are united we are tethered to one another in that three-legged race. Whether you smell, whether you're a biker, whether you're, you're still meeting and you might be like a high COVID risk, whatever it is, we are united in Christ. And we, we are working out how does this unity impact the world? How does it bring glory to God? And how does it form me? How does it form you into being a better follower of Jesus? Do you want to jump in as we finish? Yeah, I, I want to also come back to the path yep. idea that... Yeah that each one, the biker, the, the whatever, all of these different individuals, they have their own path to being part of the unity. Mm -hmm. um, there are certain things, there's certain rules and maybe standards that, that you know, we, 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 we may expect, but we must be careful that we do not hinder or block somebody's path in the role that God wants them to fill. And, uh, and doing what God wants them to do. I think that's, that's very important. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, I, I remember back in my days as a youth pastor, uh, the, the most wonderful um, experiences were with the fringe kids. Mm -hmm. um, they would say things that uh, would make the entire group stop and think mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, because 
they just had a very simple, basic faith. Yeah. And uh, so that's important. So, yeah, unity means looking out for one another mm -hmm. as well as moving forward and achieving goals. Absolutely. So, so this week, as we make some more lovely cranes, I'll encourage you to, to take some space and ask God what freedom is he calling you into in, in this unity? What, what things have been blocking you, what things have been getting in the way, how can you step out into the freedom God is calling you and me to? Us as a community, us as believers and followers of Jesus. So as, as we fold these cranes, know that as Red Green would always say, we're in this together. <laughs> and, and keep your stick on the ice, right? Uh, and may God meet you in this practice and over this week. Blessings.